Well, who would have guessed that we would be talking about a ranked Arkansas football team on this episode of the Hogbeat Hour? I'm your host, Mason Choate. We got Andrew Hutchinson, who's the managing editor of Hogbeat.com, and Alex Trader, who's a writer over at Hogbeat.com. He covers recruiting for him, and he's doing a great job as well. Hutch, you're, I mean, let's just start with you. Um, the Texas game, did, I, don't, I don't think you thought it was going to go that way. I don't think anybody thought it was going to go that way, but it did. Arkansas is ranked 20th now, and I, I don't know – I don't know about you guys, but does it feel almost like a little bit of an overreaction after beating Texas, or do you think that win was that good because Texas was that good? Yeah, I think uh, jury's still out on whether or not Texas is that good. I mean, they did have a a very impressive week one win over a a very good Louisiana team, you know, as we talked about last week. but I don't know, you know, to say they were a top 15 team, that may be a bit, a little bit of a stretch, but you know, anytime you beat a team like Texas uh, that is loaded with that kind of talent and you not just beat them, but beat them the way they did, uh, something that I don't know very many people expected at all, uh, that, was, that was impressive. And that's going to get people's attention nationally. Uh, that's why we see them, you know, checking at number 20 in the AP poll. I mean, that's – it was just a, a thoroughly dominating performance. And I think that uh, – that's why we see kind of the reaction that we have so far. Now, I, I we could start with the running performance, 333 yards on the ground. It's like a four-headed monster in the backfield. Make it five if you add K.J. Jefferson. But I, I really want to start with the defensive line because that's where Arkansas has struggled a lot in the past. And, you know, they, we talked about the revamp defensive line, and we didn't get to see John Ridgway in week one, but we saw John Ridgway this week. and. He, he made a big impact. So, Alex, I want to ask you about John Ridgway. Um, we've heard he's gotten a lot of pub this week, uh, talked about going to McDonald's and stuff. And uh, But tell, tell me about that defensive line and what you saw out of them against Texas. Yeah, I mean, like Hudge said, it was a thorough domination, not just on the offensive side of the ball with those, the, those big rushing numbers, but you come in and you t- completely shut down who was, in my, or in my mind, the best – running back in the country and Bijan Robinson. I mean, he had, he had less yards than KJ Hill rushing and, or than uh, KJ Jefferson in the first half. I mean, that's, that's something that nobody could have predicted coming in. I flipped back from my, you know, coming into the season, I was very high on Arkansas for this game. After last week, I had a little bit of doubt. I mean, Arkansas completely flipped that switch. I flipped back to a win, but nobody could have predicted this. You're right about that. Um, a lot of a lot of Razorback fans predicted Arkansas beating up on Texas, but from a media standpoint, you know, you try to be realistic. So, but it was it was what Hutch said. It was dominance, and you know, we got to hit these running backs now because I was just completely like blown away by the performance of the running backs. I did not see it coming. I knew they were talented, but man. It was like you could rotate in whatever guy you want, and he was <clears throat> he was going to have his way with Texas. So, Hutch, tell me what guys you like the most, because um, we know what you're going to get from Traylon Smith. Uh, we saw we saw Rocket Sanders and Dominique Johnson in Week One, but it was it was just a small sample size. So we got a little bit more, and we got to see AJ Green this week. So tell me who you like the most, and who who do you think going forward might get an increased workload? Or do you think that it's going to continue to just be rotate four guys in and out? 
Well, as long as all these guys are as effective as they are, I think they're going to keep rotating them. I, I mean, I think they're going to, you know, make sure that you got fresh guys. Uh, you don't want to have a guy that's got 25 carries trying to run the ball in the fourth quarter when they're exhausted. Uh, you can rotate enough to where, you know, maybe the top guys only got 15 carries. I want to say Traylon Smith had, I think, 12 carries against Texas, and so that was the most. Uh, but, you know, those, those there's a lot to like about those freshmen. Uh, but I thought, just for my, my money's worth, is is that Dominic Johnson had probably the most impressive game all around. And I did not expect to be saying that uh, this season. Uh, I He was – he had a, a real – he obviously had a touchdown run. Uh, he had to plow over a guy, carry a guy into the end zone on that play. And then you had uh, later in the game – uh, he he picked up a blitz uh, to protect KJ on that deep ball to Tyson Morris. Uh, that was a huge, huge play for him, and he was rewarded immediately with back-to-back carries. Uh, he had a couple of carries uh, for, like, I think 12 and 19 yards right after that, uh, helped Arkansas respond on the drive that after Texas had, had pulled within, I think it was 16-7. to seven. Uh, so huge, huge response right there by Arkansas. And Dominic Johnson was a huge part of that. Uh, and then also a play that, that maybe not get as much attention, but right before that touchdown, I would say uh, there was a bad snap and Dominic Johnson was in the backfield with KJ. He just picked up the ball and ran and gained nine yards on the play. Uh, so uh, he just an uh, instinctual guy that, that just seemed to be, whenever he was called upon, made plays uh, where they had to happen. And if you're going to talk about the success of the running backs, you have to mention the offensive line. I mean, this this is an offensive line that returned all their starters from last year. It's another year under Sam Pittman, arguably the best offensive line coach in the country. And then you bring in Cody Kennedy, a guy that we heard in fall camp that they love this guy. Uh, Cody, I mean, like every time you go out to practice, all you hear is Cody Kennedy yelling. It's awesome. But this offensive line played really well against Texas, and I just, I'm just i just curious if you guys think that they can sustain this performance and keep doing this week in and week out as the competition is just going to get harder. You got A&M next week, then you go to Georgia. It's just going to get more difficult. So do you think this offensive line can sustain the, the way they played against Texas? I think so. I mean, they, they've bulked up. You know, we, we talked about it a ton over the offseason, you know, how much that – I think they've gained like 20 pounds on average, you know, across the board. Uh, they, they look like an SEC offensive line. They look like a Sam Pittman offensive line. So, uh, I mean, they're going to have some challenges. I mean, Georgia looks just scary uh, with, with their defense. So are they going to always look like they did against Texas? No. Uh, but I think for the most part, they're going to be effective for Arkansas and, you know, they're, that, that's what you need. That's what you need to make this offense go. We've seen the last few years uh, what a bad offensive line could do to an offense, and uh, they they look pretty good this year. And one of the one of the most interesting parts of that is that you see guys rotating in and out, um, and that's that's a huge thing if you can rotate guys in and out. I know I know at least Bo Limmer has been rotating in and out. Um, and the, they talked about in fall camp how they they want to have nine or ten guys that they can just in and out, in and out. When one guy's tired, throw another guy in, and you don't have to worry about his performance. So that, that's a huge thing for this Arkansas offensive line. And if you're going to talk about the Texas game, you got to mention the $100,000 fine. 
from my from my perspective, I could care less. The university has plenty of money to do it, but I'm a little biased because I'm paying the university money every year as of now. So, uh, Hutch, let's get your perspective from a guy who I don't think you're paying the university any money right now. So what do you think about that fine? It's worth every penny. I mean, that, that was – it was to just the, for the moment, one, the fans deserved it. I mean, they've been through so much the last five years. I mean, probably the worst period in Arkansas football history. Uh, so they, they've been through a lot. Uh, and then to just the, the aftermath, I mean, it, it got a lot of attention. I mean, it was shown, I'm sure, on Sports Center. It was shared all over Twitter. Uh, the U of A got all sorts of pictures of it. So that way they could probably put it on, you know, put it on the, the walls of the football facility and use it in uh, marketing and use it in recruiting. So, I think it was worth every penny, uh, and I don't think Hunter Yurichek really regrets it at all. Yeah, and I mean, you heard some of the players as well saying, you know, this it was something that was almost a dream come true, just having people rush the field. Sometimes you think that the players might not like that, but I think not just the Arkansas fans deserve that, but the Arkansas football team. I mean, a lot of those guys on that roster have been through have been through a lot, so they deserve the success just as much as the fans do. And uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with, I'm okay with them rushing the field. Uh, I, I mean, we all knew it was going to come, at least from a student's perspective, we knew that it was going to happen. So it was pretty cool to see that. Now coming up next, we're going to talk about some news of the week. Uh, we already hit some of it, Arkansas being ranked. We got some players with some national awards this week, update on some injuries. And then later on in the show, Hutch is going to talk to Frank Solkowski. He covers Georgia Southern. For, uh, for WJCL22 News in Savannah, Georgia. And that was a really interesting interview. Give you a lot of insight on Georgia Southern. So all that coming up next on the Hogbeat Hour. Back here on the Hogbeat Hour for segment two, where we're going to hit some news of the week. Before we get to that, I just want to encourage all of you to go to hogbeat.com where you can check out so much great content from Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and myself. I will say Hutch carries most of that. Um, he, he puts out so much content where it's, you're like, does this guy sleep? I, I really don't think he does. Um, and it's insane all that he does. And then Alex is just doing a great job covering recruiting and more um, going out to games on Friday nights and stuff. So it's really, it's really a lot of good stuff. It's worth what you're going to pay for, for the subscription. So go check it out. And then you get to listen to us talk on Thursdays. So it's all, it's all a lot of fun. So let's hit some news of the week. Of course, the biggest thing is Arkansas is ranked for the first time since 2016. I just want to ask you guys, did you think if Arkansas won against Texas, they would be ranked this week? They're ranked number 20 in the AP poll, number 24 in the coaches poll. I didn't think so, but after the way they won, I think, I mean, it makes sense. Hutch, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of like you. I, I wasn't. I thought that they had a very good chance to be ranked if they beat Texas. Uh, but I think it was going to need to be, you know, a more, more than just like a, a fluky, like, Oh, they got lucky type of win. Uh, they needed to leave no doubt. And, and sure enough, that's what they did. And uh, that's why we see them checking it, not just in the top 25, but at number 20 in the AP poll. I mean, if they had just barely won or something, maybe they snuck in at 25 or something, but uh, they, they really vaulted up pretty high. Alex, what, what do you think about that ranking? And then, of course, um, 
there, there's a lot of players of the weeks. Uh, Hayden Henry, Walter Camp, National Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, Grant Morgan, Chuck Bednarik, Award Player of the Week. And then, of course, um, Cam Little got SEC Freshman of the Week, I think, as well. So a lot of a lot of weekly awards coming for the Hogs. And then, of course, that ranking. Alex, what do you think about that as well? I think Hutch hit the nail on the head there. You know, I, I personally was expecting Arkansas to be ranked if they won this game. I think they could have hit a, a field goal as time expired and the media, you know, tends to love Texas so much that they would have looked at it as the most impressive thing in the world. This was one of the more impressive things of the week in college football. They were named the the Football Writers Association of America Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week. I mean, that's you're, you're getting that recognition as on the national stage, not just in the SEC. Um, I, I think the real story, though, is the, the dominance and why, that's why you're seeing them not at 24-25, but rather 20. Uh, and I know R.J. Young put out a list that had you know, them ahead of the likes of Clemson, Ohio State, UCLA, who has a pretty solid win against an LSU team that people had a lot of excitement for coming into the year. So there is that, that national excitement now, and it's, it's not just within Fayetteville. Uh- this is just something that I think is hilarious, but I, I want to mention it. Barstool Big Cat, I don't know if you guys pay attention to him, but when he puts out his rankings, it's always like a – it's kind of a comedy thing. Like, I'm going to rank these teams that, no, of course, they don't deserve to be in the top ten, but he ranked Arkansas as his number one team in the nation this week. So, that there's one person who has Arkansas as number one, so that's pretty cool. But I, I want to hit these weekly awards. Um, you got two linebackers who were named – uh, players of the week and then bumper pull in one half gets 10 tackles so I mean that's a three guys playing linebacker for Arkansas is this the best linebacking core in the SEC Hutch I don't know about in the SEC uh, I'd have to really do a deep dive I'm not sure what Alabama looks like this year but they're usually usually pretty good but I could tell you what it is the best linebacker core I have seen in Arkansas in two decades, maybe. I mean, I, I try to think of when, when they've been better. I mean, maybe uh, Caleb Miller, uh, Tony Bua, uh, that, that group, you know, maybe comes to mind, but uh, they are, they're deep. And, and the thing that, that makes it so great is, you know, they usually play two linebackers at once. So, uh, you know, when all of them are available, you know, whenever they're healthy and not sitting out because of targeting, uh, they, they have a, a way to rotate and keep guys fresh. So, uh, I think it's 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 a really impressive linebacker group, and that's something I don't think, you know, uh, before last season, if you would have said, oh, in 2021, Arkansas is going to have a really solid three-man group of linebackers, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone would have believed you. And speaking of healthy, uh, we saw Grant Morgan go down in the second half against Texas. Um, didn't look good for a little bit there, but then he gets up. He with some help, he walks off the field. And so going into Monday's practice, it was like, are we going to see Morgan? And then, of course, we go in there and we see Grant Morgan and he looks just fine, as a Morgan does. So uh, we think we, we're pretty sure Grant Morgan's going to play. Um, any, any worries from you, Hutch, on Grant Morgan's injury against Texas? No, he's, he's a Morgan, like you said. Uh, I, I, I was worried whenever it happened, you know, when he went down and they were looking at his knee, and I'm like, oh, gosh, did he tear his ACL or something like that. But as you mentioned, he was at practice on Monday uh, wearing a brace on his knee. So I, I think he's fine. I think he's going to play. But you'd like to think that this is a game where 
you know, maybe he could play a little bit and then kind of sit and rest and get ready for A&M because Arkansas, you'll put it away early. But, you know, that, that didn't happen against Rice. So, so who knows? Um, yeah, <laughs> that would be unfortunate if Georgia Southern comes in and plays a first half like Rice does. But uh, let's move on to some recruiting, and we're going to bring Alex in on this one. Anthony Brown commits to the Hogs. Alex, just give us your take on that, what, what you think about Brown do you know much about him and how is he going to help the hogs out moving forward it's a huge commitment uh it's been in the works for a little bit you know it was kind of expected oh he's going to be leaning here his last visit's going to be right after that Texas game um and he ended up pulling the plug on on uh Tuesday I think it was the 14th so you know I did a film breakdown it's over on hogbeat.com I thought it turned out pretty solid but you get to see the type of player he is he is fast when he's crashing downhill to go make tackles and he hits as hard as you'll see in high school. Like he's going in, I think just in the first couple plays of that highlight tape, he forced four fumbles on, on tackles coming downhill. And then even, you know, he's getting blocked out of the play. He's able to go in and strip the ball. He just finds a way to make a play on the field. And I think that's going to be something that, that you're seeing that resilience on a lot of the players at, at Arkansas, like, like Hutch said, you know, Alabama is Alabama. They're going to go in and have those guys in and out, but it's about the effort plays. Um, and I think he's going to provide that to this Arkansas secondary as a defensive back. All right. So we'll round out news of the week with uh, a little bit of baseball talk. So we've had some commitments in baseball recently. I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard for me to keep up with recruiting, especially with baseball, because it seems like every day there's somebody committing to Arkansas in baseball. So Hutch, if you want to talk about some of those commitments that you know of, and then, of course, the schedule was announced. And I'll tell you what, I am pumped for this home schedule. I mean, finally, Vanderbilt is going to come to Baumwalker Stadium. I've been waiting for that for a long time. And so a really good home schedule and a really good schedule in general. But, Hutch, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, the baseball recruiting is definitely a different beast. I mean, one, they're already recruiting guys like in the 2025 class. And so these guys are, are really young. Uh, hard to say too terribly much about them. You know, these guys are all, most of them are really highly ranked. Uh, but again, you have to worry about, are they going to get drafted out of high school? Are they even going to put on a Razorback uniform? So it, it's really hard to say, but it is good to see Arkansas, you know, not just baseball. You know, I saw women's basketball got a commitment. Uh, it sounds like, you know, the basketball team made some headways with Nick Smith Jr. Uh, for this Texas game. It seems like every sport on campus really benefited from this Texas game. Uh, so that's been great. And then as you mentioned, that schedule, it really plays out nicely for Arkansas, if you look at it. I mean, they've got uh, the, the, the road games, uh, road series at SEC player against the likes of Alabama, Auburn, A&M, uh, Missouri. Those are all very manageable series. You do have to go to Florida. That's tough. Uh, but then you get all those, those tough series at home. I mean, you mentioned Vanderbilt. Uh, you get uh, the Mississippi schools, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You get LSU at home. Uh, so that that's big time. So it really, and plus you avoid the likes of Tennessee, Georgia, and South Carolina. So it really, it, if you're drawing up a perfect schedule for Arkansas, it would look pretty close to what they got. And they got some of those in-state matchups as well. I love seeing them play UCA. And that's, that's from a guy from Conway, but still like, I, I know some people don't like that, but I love seeing the in-state matchups. And then, of course, you mentioned it. Uh, really, the most challenging road game or road series is going to be against Florida. And if you watch Florida's regional, 
I don't know if it's going to be that hard if, if they have a turnout like that. So um, I think that's going to do it for us here on News of the Week. Coming up next, Hutch is going to talk to Frank Solkowski, who covers Georgia Southern there in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, he hosts their pregame show for the Eagles broadcast. So that was a really good interview. You'll learn a lot. They have some injuries. And then we'll break that down on the last segment here on the Hogbeat Hour. Hey, everyone. This is Andrew Hutchinson, the managing editor of Hogbeat.com, your Arkansas site and the Rivals Network. I know you're probably still basking in the glow of Saturday's win over Texas, but uh, it's time to turn the page and uh, once again go behind enemy lines. This week, to get some inside perspective on Georgia Southern, uh, I reached out to Frank Solkowski, who covers the Eagles for WJCL 22 News in Savannah, Georgia. He also hosts the uh, Georgia Southern pregame show. Uh, he was kind enough to give us a few minutes to, to preview this weekend's game. Frank, uh, appreciate you doing this. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me. And yeah, we're, I tell you what, uh, we're excited to, to come up to Fayetteville this weekend and uh, congratulations on the success nationally ranked. So yeah, Georgia Southern already has a, a couple nationally ranked uh, teams on the schedule this year and the Hogs, uh, they're the first up. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to get kind of your insight on, you know, through two games. I know, you know, Georgia Southern's one-on-one. Uh, they had a close win over Gardner-Webb, an FCS team, and then they uh, lost this past weekend, 38-6 to to, to Florida Atlantic. I know it's early, but what's kind of the vibe around the team right now? Well, uh, of course, the, the the team's still upbeat. I mean, they, there's still everything to play for. You're, you're playing your, uh, let's be honest, your preseason games right now. Uh, you know, the, after Arkansas, they'll jump into the Sun Belt Conference, which is going to be a tall task in itself uh, with the likes of Louisiana and Arkansas State and Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State, uh, you know, let's be honest, uh, the Sunbelt Conference, we like to believe that, that it is the top of the group of five, and it, and it really has become that way in recent years. Uh, Georgia Southern, new coming in, uh, there was going to be a, a lot of questions to be answered early in the season, and, there's, and they're still looking for answers in a lot of areas. Uh, we knew going into the season that uh, the quarterback with the most experience on the roster was Justin Tomlin. Uh, he was going to be suspended for the first two games uh, due to academic issues from last year. Well, those two games are, are done, and he has been announced as the starting quarterback uh, against Arkansas this week. Uh, so in his place, it's been a couple different guys at quarterback. And at Georgia Southern, when you're uh, running a, a predominantly option offense or some variation of it, uh, we've seen it, you know, over the years go from a, a traditional flex bone and what you would see at Navy and Army into more of a spread option with a little bit more passing, a little bit more speed to it. Uh, you know, we've had several different coaching staffs, and, and that's one thing that we've kind of evolved to. Um, so the quarterback always plays a, a big role in that. And, and here in the early goings, uh, Georgia Southern has uh, turned to Amari a, a Jones, and this is a guy who came to Georgia Southern as a running back wide receiver transfer from uh, Tulane, where he played for former Georgia Southern head coach Willie Fritz down there. Uh, he actually took snaps as quarterback in the game uh, season, season opener against Gardner-Webb. And then you have uh, Cameron Ransom, a true freshman, big quarterback out of Florida, who uh, started uh, the game against uh, FAU over the, this past weekend, suffered an injury in the second quarter, and it wasn't the same afterward. It looked like a high ankle sprain. So, uh, again, your quarterback position kind of makes it all work. So here in the early goings, Georgia Southern still kind of – 
feeling things out with that quarterback position, but they look to get a little bit more stability uh, now that uh, Justin Tomlin uh, will get the start here against Arkansas. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that quarterback situation. You know, with, with Justin, you know, him coming back, he has a handful of starts under his belt. Uh, and when you play an offense like what Georgia Southern does, I mean, how, how much differently does the offense function with him under center, you think, compared to, as you said, a true freshman and a, a converted running back? Well, I can tell you one thing, and anytime you have a guy who has experience with the type of offense, Georgia, it just, that Georgia Southern runs, it just runs a lot cleaner. You can see it, it moves a lot quicker, uh, where you may have a quarterback taking the step, you know, hesitating a little bit on, on a pitch or a handoff or a keep. Uh, a guy like Tomlin uh, brings that uh, fluidity to it. You know, he's been there. Uh, it's going to look a lot prettier and entail, it's going to be a little bit more deceiving at times. So, uh, I know that's what uh, you know, head coach Chad Lunsford is hoping for this week, that it looks a little bit crisper, that it, that it rolls a little bit quicker. Uh, because, you know, when you're, you're trying to break in guys who aren't as used to making those pitches and those reads, uh, it, it gets a little blocky. You know, it, to me, it kind of looks like Minecraft, you know, where it's kind of blocky and, and, and it's not as smooth. And, and, and that's what you need uh, when this offense gets going and it's fluid and, and it's crisp. Uh, it definitely does a lot better. So, uh, you know, that's been good. Uh, you know, what we're also hoping for is to get the, the running backs healthy. Uh, we don't know if we'll see them, but uh, Georgia Southern's leading rusher, J.D. King, who started his college career at Oklahoma State, who transferred to Georgia Southern, uh, he blew out his knee last year and has been rehabbed and came back into fall camp and then tweaked it and has some swelling. So he's actually been held out uh, the first two games, and more than likely, he's going to be held out against Arkansas to go ahead and give him that extra week of rest so he's ready uh, when Sunbelt Conference play again. Not that his Arkansas game isn't huge, uh, but let's be honest, uh, winning the Sunbelt, competing for a Sunbelt title is, is what this team is, is most uh, concerned about, so you kind of want all your soldiers ready for battle in that aspect. So there have been some injuries here uh, early on for Georgia Southern, uh, and in some key positions, and J.D. King was one. Uh, Logan Wright, his, uh, one of the other big running backs, uh, you know, was, was the go-to guy in the first uh, game of the season. Uh, he tweaked his ankle in that first game, so he was limited, only had about four to five touches against FAU. So uh, the good thing is the running back core for Georgia Southern is deep, and all those guys have been called upon, and I'd imagine we see a heap of help in the bat. Uh, as the Eagles soar up to Arkansas this week. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Logan Wright. I didn't realize that, that he was kind of banged up. I mean, who, who are some of the other offensive weapons that, that Arkansas fans should be aware of, you know, healthy or, or whether they're questionable or, or whatever? I tell you, uh, Caleb Hood, uh, one of the slot receivers, is, is one of those guys who uh, is a big play guy. And if Georgia Southern has time and, and can be able to get the ball into his hands, uh, he can uh, be a, a weapon at receiver. Uh, you know, last year uh, he had a huge uh, game-tying catch uh, or actually a catch to go ahead of Louisiana when they were nationally ranked. Uh, Georgia Southern would lose on a, a walk-off field goal to the Raging Cajuns. Uh, but he's a guy who can be dangerous. And, and, and a tight end, uh, Bo Johnson is a guy who, uh, at tight end, who, who was injured last year. Uh, but the game before he went out with a knee injury, uh, he had a couple touchdowns and was going to emerge as, as a weapon. Uh, a lot of folks may remember his dad 
is the former uh, major league catcher Charles Johnson, who played for the Marlins and everything else. So uh, he he's got you know that that athletic pedigree, and he is a is 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 starting to get back to his old self a little bit and looking to get the ball a little bit more. So, uh, you know, Amari Jones, we talked about him a minute ago about how he plays some quarterback. He is also very dangerous when he lines up in the backfield or in the slot as well. Uh, there's not much that he can't do. He was a high school quarterback when he was at, in Texas. And then he goes to Tulane and, and moves into a, a wide receiver. And we saw him last week against Florida Atlantic play running back. So, uh, he's a guy who, who's very dangerous offensively for uh, Georgia Southern. Uh, got a young wide receiver. So these guys, uh, we're all still kind of waiting to see what they can do. Uh, I, I know that we have a, a lot of guys who, who are big and really fit the mold, including uh, J.J. McAfee. You're talking about a receiver who's at six foot four and he's around 225, who has all the, the looks of an FBS, you know, a power five type wide receiver. Uh, we just haven't seen him utilize that much. Uh, so he's another guy who we're watching out for here early in the season. Now let's flip it over to defense now. I was going to get your thoughts. I mean, it, just looking at the stats, it looks like teams have been able to throw it quite a bit on Georgia Southern. Uh, is that maybe a product of the secondary letting guys run open? Is it a, a lack of pass rush? Or what do you diagnose those, those struggles in the passing game to? Well, I can tell you, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's the lack of pass rush because our defensive line seems to be the strength right now. So they, they're able to get a lot of pressure. It seems like there's been a lot of broken coverages in the, in the secondary. And uh, talking with uh, Coach Lunsford earlier this week, uh, one of the things he, he, he started to question is, are we putting too much on these guys' plates? Are we asking them to do too much with their coverages and what they're doing? Uh, that, that there's some of these letdowns and breakdowns in the secondary. Uh, so he says going up to Arkansas, we're going to try to take a little bit of the pressure off, let these guys just go out there and play and see what that does. So, uh, again, I'm anxious to see if that is a situation because going into the season, uh, the defensive backfield, uh, it, it seemed to be one of the strengths going in. You had a guy like Derek Canteen, who uh, was one of the leaders in the country last year with interceptions, uh, can tell you, uh, he won't be playing against Arkansas. He hit, he hurt his chest last week against FAU. So Derek Canteen, the most uh, veteran defensive back and one of the more skilled guys there from his quarterback position, uh, he won't play. But what we did see last week is his backup, Tyler Bride, really stepped up and was all over the field. So uh, that's exciting. Daryl Baker Jr. at corner is, is another guy who has a lot of experience. He's one of those seniors. Who's, who's really uh, turned into a, a good player back there. And Justin Birdsong at free safety is one of those other senior guys. So uh, you have a lot of experience back there, uh, but there's just been breakdowns uh, here and there for those big plays. Uh, that's definitely an area of concern. Uh, don't get me wrong. That's something they want to solve. Uh, Georgia Southern is just hoping that maybe it's just too much information being put on, too many responsibilities and maybe overthinking some of the coverage. So I think you're going to see it simplified a little bit against Arkansas and just kind of go out there and just play, not necessarily street ball, uh, but just you're going to start seeing just guys out there just man for man and, and small zones. I don't think you're going to see as many crisscrossing and, and you're going to see a more simplified defensive backfield against Arkansas. That makes sense. And you mentioned, you know, one of the, the strengths of the team seems to be that defensive line. 
Yeah. Is there a, a one guy that, that really is a, a good pass rusher that Arkansas needs to account for, or, or what, what's kind of the scouting report up, uh, scouting report up front? I'm going to tell you what. It all starts right there in the middle at, at nose guard, and, and, you know, he plays defensive tackle. He can play anywhere along the line. And C.J. Wright, uh, he's a senior, and you're going to see his size, and folks are going to be like, uh, okay, he's six foot. And, and that that may be, you know, with his boots on. You know, he's he, he's a shorter guy, and, he, and he's right around 285 pounds. But that's 285 of solid muscle. Uh, the guy has a motor that never stops, and I've had – you know, power five SEC coaches tell me if this kid was two or three inches taller, he would be starting at the likes of Alabama, Auburn, or Georgia. He's that good of a player. Uh, he has a motor that never stops. In high school, he was a two-way. He was an all-state defensive lineman and an all-state running back here in Georgia. Uh, so he's an athlete, uh, and, and he's one of those guys, high motor, and kind of is the heartbeat there on the defensive front. Uh, and he's right there in the middle. Now, it's going to be interesting, uh, especially with how big that Arkansas offensive line is, is how this defensive line holds up. Uh, you know, against some of the, the more lean offensive lines, they're able to get that pressure. Now we're going to see, you know, those big bodies in that wear and tear. Uh, I can tell you this, that Georgia Southern has a, a, a good rotation going where they're getting around six to seven defensive linemen in there, and they're doing a good job of keeping them fresh. So, uh, you know, while we may not be the biggest defensive front, they are quick. And they are athletic, and they do like to hit. And it all starts with that C.J. Wright who plays with a chip on his shoulder. Maybe it's because he's a little undersized, uh, but he has been uh, the mainstay. Uh, Dylan Springer is, is a senior defensive end who, uh, you know, steps up. And, and he, uh, you know, he's one of those upperclassmen who leads by example and, and necessarily isn't going to deliver the big hit or the big stop, but he's always going to be around the ball. Same to be said on the other end of the, the defensive line with Justin Ellis as another defensive end. This is a guy who transferred to Georgia Southern from Syracuse, uh, who, who uh, you know, a couple years back uh, was, was starting his career at Georgia Southern, blows out, you know, his knee uh, at LSU. So a guy who this year is finally back kind of 100%, and it's going to be fun to watch him. If there's one area that we need to keep an eye on, it is linebacker, Georgia Southern. Uh, losing a good bid, including uh, Todd Bradley Glenn. Uh, he's lost for the season with, with an elbow injury. He's done. He was one of those guys who was getting ready for his sixth year at Georgia Southern, uh, and he got hurt during camp, so uh, he's no longer there. So the linebacking core still trying to feel themselves out, figure out who the leader is at that level. So if there was one area going into the season that Georgia Southern was concerned about, it was that linebacking core. Now we're two games in, and the concerns are coming from the, the defensive backfield. So, uh, again, I, I think, you know, as we've talked about with, with the coaches and the players, right now it's all about looking in the mirror and finding out who they are and, and going after them. They're not satisfied with one and one They sure the heck aren't satisfied with going down to Boca Raton and getting beat 38-6 to by uh, Florida Atlantic, and they sure weren't happy with a five-point win against an FCS opponent. So, they're still finding themselves, and, and you hope that it kind of clicks. Uh, you weren't expecting it and hoping it to click against now the nationally ranked Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, but, but then again, maybe it's a good time to start finding out what does work and what clicks because you can kind of you know let your hair down and, and let it rip because, uh, let's be honest, outside of that you know football operations and that practice field and uh, not many people are expecting Georgia Southern to, to, to compete this game. So 
what perfect time to go out there and find your identity and find out about yourselves uh, and then one of the best in the SEC. Yeah, and that, that perfectly leads into to my, my last question for you. You don't necessarily need to make a, a score prediction or anything like that, but I know the the spread the spread opened, I think, at 18. Uh, I think it's grown. Last I checked, like 23 and a half. Yeah. How do you see these two teams matching up in Fayetteville? What, what do you think kind of unfolds on Saturday? You know, it's one of those things because if, if Arkansas was what, you know, we knew of Arkansas in recent years, we would have felt a little confident. And there was actually a part of, you know, a section of the fan base who said, hey, this is a, this is a winnable game. If, if we're playing well, we could go there. Well, now you're going up there off of one of the biggest wins the program's had in a long time. You're nationally ranked. Everybody's here. You're going to have brand new goalposts. Uh, I'm sure there was a line of folks uh, ready to pay the $100,000 fine for the fans storming on the field. Uh, so uh, we're expecting a raucous uh, crowd. Uh, you know, I, I think your fans are going to be out. It's a great time for you guys. And again, congratulations for the success. I think, you know, when you have improved good teams, you know, from top to bottom in the SEC, it's good for all of college football. Uh, so, listen, Georgia Southern, 1-13 all-time against SEC teams. Uh, you know, what we have learned in recent years, outside of the LSU game a couple years ago when Joe Burrow led them to a national title, of course, that was a year we had open with LSU, and we got roughed up pretty good. Uh, for the most part, though, when we have played uh, SEC teams, we've, we've hung with them. You know, we'll, we'll exchange punches. I mean, for a lot of these guys, they were recruited by the same schools. And again, a couple inches here and there, maybe uh, just a, you know, a, a bench press or a second difference in this, and things could be different. Uh, with that said, I think Georgia Southern will go in there and, and punch them. Uh, and, and, you know, they're going to take the best shots. You're going to see a team that will quit. I can tell you that. You're not going to go in. and This isn't your, uh, your, your run-of-the-mill cupcake. Uh, team in, in Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern expects to beat everybody they play. Uh, I do have concerns, though, while this team is still trying to find the identity here in 2021. Uh, I wish I was more firm. I do think the addition of Justin Tomlin is going to make that offense work a little bit better. I think having some other parts a little healthier and also that, you know, you know let's go in there like our hair's on fire with nothing to lose. I think Southern hangs. And uh, again, that spread I mean, I, I thought, you know, if Southern plays their best game, there is a chance they win. Uh, I think they hang within that 20 points. I, I really do. I think I think from what I've seen, Southern uh, can hang with, 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 a, uh, with the likes of Arkansas. Now, could they this season hang with Alabama? No, I don't think there's a lot of teams in, in the SEC that can hang with Alabama. Uh, with that said, Arkansas is not Alabama yet, and we will say that. But what we've seen on film and what the coaches have studied uh, you guys are fast, disciplined, and listen, knowing what Coach Pittman was up at Georgia, we know what kind of a guy he is and what kind of a coach. Again, we're excited for the success. We just hope that you guys don't have that success on Saturday. That's yeah, well, my different way of, of, of saying it. Yeah, and, and that, that's all I got for you, Frank. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to give us folks up here in Arkansas kind of a preview of the Eagles. Uh, I know everyone's really excited to – to get back in Razorback Stadium. I uh, hope you all have safe travels to Fayetteville. And as a reminder to those watching, you know, the game is at 3 o'clock Central. Uh, it'll be televised on the SEC Network. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can get uh, more content like this, access to all the press conferences and practice videos, things like that. And as always, stay up to date with all things hogs by checking out hogbeat.com.
Last segment here on the Hogbeat Hour. Great interview from Hutch with Frank Solkowski. A lot of insight there on the Eagles because I've tried to read up on them this week. I try to do as much as I can for my scouting report. I watched them play. I couldn't find a lot of information just on like injuries and stuff. So I'm glad that you talked to him. That was a big deal. And I mean, uh, let's just start with let's start with the two words, two scary words: trap game. Is it a trap game, Hutch? Is it really a trap game? Or is Arkansas going to do what Arkansas is supposed to do against these teams that they haven't done, but they should do this week? On paper, this looks like your classic trap game. I mean, it really does. I mean, you're coming off a very big emotional win over Texas. And then next week, you got Texas A&M looming. So you, you do have to, to worry about, okay, are they going to have a hangover? Are they going to be looking ahead? Uh, but right now, it, it seems like they're pretty focused and locked in. You know, Sam Pittman was not particularly happy with how they practiced on Tuesday, uh, but he thinks that that's not too much of it. He didn't sound like sound the sound the alarm or anything. He he feels like they're going to be able to. He felt like they were going to have a good practice on Wednesday, of course. And uh, but I I also think that you know if this was your normal run of the mill Sunbelt team that just runs the spread and you're like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to be able to line up and, you know, dominate them so we don't have to, you know, really focus on them, then maybe I'd be like, okay, there's there's something there. It could be a trap game. But they do run that funky offense, that option offense that Frank Sikowski was telling us about. Uh, so they're going to have to focus in on that. So I think that might kind of force them uh, to, to be more focused than you would uh, for your average, you know, Sunbelt team. For what it's worth, I've talked to some people inside the program who told me basically Arkansas is not – they're not looking over this game at all. And I wouldn't say that they said they're worried about Georgia Southern, but they're definitely paying close attention to this Georgia Southern team. They know that they play really hard. They know that they're going to come in wanting to beat Arkansas. So I, I wouldn't say they're looking from, – from the perspective of someone who's on the team, it doesn't sound like they're looking over Georgia Southern at all. Um, I know that we talked about how they, they prepared for them in fall camp. I know last Saturday people were watching Georgia Southern film, um, getting ready for it before the Texas game. So um, I, I know that they're ready for this game, but they got a guy, Josh Tomlin, at quarterback who didn't play the first two games. He was suspended for academic stuff. Uh, played last year, didn't start all year, but this is a guy who is an all-state 4 by 100 relay track guy in Georgia. He's really fast, doesn't throw the ball very well. At least if you just look at his statistics, he's not that great of a passer. Um, but how how difficult do you think it's going to be for Arkansas to contain a guy with that kind of speed? Do you think it'll be easy because of those linebackers we've talked about and the defensive line looking better? Just what do you think about Tomlin, Hutch? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a big key for Georgia Southern. I mean, their offense hasn't exactly been functioned smoothly over the first two games I mean they they barely sucked by Gardner Webb in week one uh, then they go and get blown out by Florida Atlantic which again that's that's Florida Atlantic not Florida or Florida State or whatever so uh, they they struggled uh, with with their you know backup quarterback you know they've, they've tried different guys back there they tried a running back uh, so I think that having him back there with the even though he wasn't a full-time starter as you said uh, he does have experience running the offense, and he is an older guy. So I think that he's going to make that offense maybe more challenging 
than what it was the first two weeks. So uh, definitely something to, to keep an eye on and uh, going to help out Georgia Southern, in my opinion, on offense this weekend. Yeah, and so as far as – let's stick with offense before we hit the defense. Um, their running back situation's a little tough. So they got a guy, J.D. King, is a, a transfer from Oklahoma State. Um, he had, Through seven games last year, he had like 600-and-something yards and like five touchdowns. He was on pace for over 1,000 yards and about nine touchdowns on the year. So he, he's probably not going to play is what Frank told you in the last segment. So – and then Wright, uh, what was his first name? Uh, Logan Wright, Logan Wright, he had 177 yards in the season opener, and he was banged up too. So, Hutch, what do you know about that running back situation? And, you know, for a team that is coming to play an SEC team and thinks that they can win, they've got a ton of injuries, man. Yeah, they're they're definitely banged up right now. Uh, you know, I, I'm i not sure if Logan Wright's going to play. I mean, he's their leading rusher so far, had a really good first week, as as you mentioned. Uh, so I'm not sure if he's going to be ready, but Sam Pittman has definitely talked about him a lot and, uh, you know, talked about how much he really likes how he runs, his style, that kind of thing. Uh, and then they also got a guy, I believe his name's Amari Jones. Uh, he's a transfer from Tulane. Uh, so I, I think he's a very versatile guy. Uh, he's, he's been asked to play receiver. He's been asked to play quarterback some. Uh, maybe he lines up in the backfield as a running back, and, and he could be productive. He's, he's a put up solid numbers at two lanes. So uh, I'm anxious to see kind of how that plays out, who all they're going to have available on Saturday. Now I want to move over to the defense because if you, if you do any research on Georgia Southern, all you see is how terrible their defense is specifically the secondary. So Alex, you, you've talked about it before we started recording about um, they got a guy named Canteen, Derek Canteen, who he's, really good he was a uh, freshman all-american last year i think he led the country in interceptions last year he's not supposed to play this week so what do you know about that defense yeah i'm really really surprised that this defense has been as bad as it was i mean they lost a couple of nfl or a couple of guys on that that front seven um but that that back that defensive backfield you know was among the best in the country they they had they led the FBS in turnovers. Like you said, Canteen led the uh, or had the FBS uh, lead tied with six interceptions. And they look to return almost everyone from last year, but with Canteen uh, likely out of this game, it's going to make it a heck of a lot tougher for them to stop the Arkansas receivers. Um, there's no way by looking at them this season, you would know they were the 14th best defense in in the FBS last year. I mean, I guess a bigger factor into that is that they were playing in, in the Sun Belt uh, for the most part. But, man, you, you really – when a team's able to put up those kind of numbers, you, you'd you think they were able to be able to translate it even a little bit, and, and that loss to F, FAU just showed they weren't. Now, I, I want to talk about how Arkansas is going to plan for this because I talked to some people specifically who work on the offense for Arkansas – and they said, I because I asked, I was like, are you guys planning to exploit that secondary? What are you planning to do? What's the game plan? Are you just going to run it again like you did against Texas? And basically they said, Georgia Southern runs a defense a lot like Texas does. And if they don't, if they don't, if, if they just keep playing like Texas did, Arkansas is just going to keep running the ball. They, they don't plan on, you know, letting KJ Jefferson uh, be free and do what he wants. They plan on continuing to pound that rock so Hutch, what do you think about that? Do you think that that will probably be the case? Do you think they should throw it with that KJ Jefferson more? What, what are your thoughts? 
I think I think Sam Pittman earlier this week said it best. He said, as long as we're averaging seven plus yards a carry, we're never going to throw the ball. I mean, it would be stupid to try to throw the ball. I mean, that, that's just an incredible, incredible average. Uh, and not just that, but if you look at the the game against Texas, they didn't really have any you know 50, 60 yard runs that really inflated that average. I mean, they had a few, thir- a couple of thirty yard runs, of course, but most of it was they were literally racking out you know seven yards a carry. So uh, I, I think it's going to be something they do in every game this year is they're going to establish a run. And then if they, if they need to, to pass the ball, then they will. I think they're kind of through two games, at least kind of finding that identity and that identity is we're just going to run it down your throat. Which is very, very good to see. I mean, it's a beautiful sight to watch those guys play. Um, I, I think we could go ahead and start our predictions and thoughts for this game as we wrap up the show here. Um, I don't think any of us are going to say that Georgia Southern's going to win, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Frank talked at the end where he thought that Georgia Southern has a real shot despite all the injuries, despite the play that they, the, the way they played against FAU. He thinks that this Georgia Southern team really wants to come in and beat Arkansas. So I'll just throw that out there and we'll start with you, Alex. What are your thoughts for this game? How do you think it's going to go? Yeah, you know, originally coming into the year, I had Arkansas coming off an emotional close win over Texas, um, and, and I had them coming in, and they, I, I think that Arkansas will win this game. I had it 24-20. I think the injuries and the kind of lackluster defensive performance we've seen from uh, Georgia Southern, paired with, you know, how well Arkansas stopped the run last week against a running back who, no offense, is significantly better than any of the guys that, that are on this roster. I think if Arkansas wasn't taking this seriously, it could it could fall to a one score game. I think Arkansas kind of has to come out and win this game by by at least probably ten points. Um, I'm not saying go cover the spread or it's a loss, but it, it's something that you should go out there, you should win, uh, and you should win fairly convincingly heading into a, a tough matchup against Texas A&M. Hutch, go ahead. Yeah, before the season, I, I picked this to be a 35-21 win for Arkansas, uh, so a 14-point margin. I think it's going to be a little bit more than that. I think Arkansas is, is a little bit better than I expected. Uh, so I, I think Arkansas is going to be able to go out, exert its will in the first half, and maybe be able to kind of cruise to a win. You know, I'm thinking maybe like a 31-10, to 10, something along those lines. Maybe not cover the 23-and-a-half-point spread, uh, but win by three scores uh, rather easily. I, I think Arkansas is going to control this game. I have them winning 41 to 14. Um, I, I think that they're going to score early and often, and I don't think Georgia Southern is going to have anything to do about it. So that, that's what I think. I think we're all on the same page, though. Arkansas takes care of this game and goes into A&M 3-0. So that's all we got for you on the Hogbeat Hour. Like I said earlier, if you want to check out any of our content, go over to hogbeat.com. You will not be disappointed. So thank you guys for listening. I've been Mason Choate. He's been Alex Trader. And he's been the legend, Andrew Hutchinson. Thank you for listening to the Hogbeat Hour.